Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I thought that we would discuss some good books that it's good to take on vacation since we've got spring break coming up and I know a lot of people must be ready to escape all of the winter weather if you're on the East Coast and you've been getting like these monsoon-like winds and snow. Someone just posted on Facebook and they're just like, this Arctic blast is supposed to come down from Canada or Antarctica or something and for March. So, Oh, God. I don't know. Book a flight. And and we can give you some suggestions of what you should take to read. Do we have any news to discuss before we get started on this, on our Uh, level? I did have one thing I wanted to tell you, and now I want to look it up. Because I know you read this, Loner by Teddy Wayne. Oh, I saw that. That HBO is developing it. Yeah, that is a very dark book. Well, that's really interesting because You by Carolyn Kepnes was made into a series for Lifetime. And it's about a stalker. Like it is about this guy named Joe who owns a bookstore. And he falls in love with this woman and he starts following her and he develops a relationship with her. And it's all about, you know, what happens in this in this relationship Also very dark, not only about how we interact with social media and how much information is available and how people are are potentially able to tailor themselves to you and find so much information about you, but just a really dark novel in terms of what this man will do to be with this woman and also just what he might have done in the past. So I saw the series I watched it every week. It was, it's very dark humor. So Lifetime, I think, was not going to pick it up again. The ratings were not that great, but they, Netflix picked it up. Netflix stepped in and apparently like the ratings were phenomenal on Netflix. So showing that, you know, this, I mean, and not that other shows haven't done that. I mean, we've had, what is Breaking Bad? You know, so these dark stories, it's not like they don't have audiences and and won't catch on with them. But, you know, it's interesting to me because this one was sort of like also stalkery with a woman, right? Right. So now we have like these, I guess, I hesitate, not not even hesitate, I won't even call them romances, but these dark relationship. (laughs) Yeah. These dark relationship dramas are taking root. So I started watching you. I probably made it about four episodes in and it was just so it was very tense and very dark. And I was realizing it was making me super tense. I was like trying to watch it before I went to bed and it was just not what I needed at that time of day. (laughs) Probably not a good show to watch to have in your psyche as you're going to sleep. Yeah. And it's funny that book has been sitting on my shelf for a long time and I think uh, I, I think I actually went online and found out how it ended. So I think I'll probably get rid of the book because at this point I know it's going to happen. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I was okay. And I watched season one and the end. I mean, it's just disturbing. The whole thing gets darker and darker and the end is... It, it, there will be no miraculous light at the end of this. I'll just say that. Yeah. I don't know if I could do a season two. Yeah. Well, how, what are they going to do with season two? Oh, all right. I won't get into that because that will be too spoilery. <laughs> right. Um, Loner is about this kid who goes to Harvard and is sort of a bit of a misfit and never really clicks with like, the social and popular group and he's always kind of on the outside looking in and trying to have a relationship with the girl and it I think he's in love with some you know it's been so long since I read that but um I think he's in love with some really pretty popular girl and he gets kind of obsessed with her and you know that's just not gonna end with the two of them you know like in some stable happy relationship um (laughs) But it has a lot of dark humor, and it could be it could be funny. So I'll probably check that out. Okay, so Loner wasn't as dark as you. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I think Loner is not as dark as you. Yeah, having not read you, but only watching it. So of course, it depends on how they treat it in the in the series. Right. Um, I called it less of a send up of Harvard, but an exploration of the mind of a sociopathic young man whose obsession turns ugly. So that is definitely not that different in some ways, not that different from you. It's about obsession. So yeah, now you've actually gotten me excited to watch this. <laughs> I don't know. They just announced this, so I cannot imagine that it will be coming anytime soon. Yeah, you're probably right. So you might have to refresh yourself That's with fine. the book. That's fine. I'll, I'll... Wait, wait till it comes out patiently. So did you watch the Oscars? Oh my God, of course. You watched the Oscars. You had a pool going on, didn't you? I do. Yeah, I do a pool every year. I've been doing it for about, I don't want to date myself, over 20 years. Um, <laughs> the same wow. the same people entering. It's really fun. Um, so yeah, I did watch. It was, there were some surprises. Otherwise, I thought it was pretty boring. Did you watch it? I fast forwarded it through it the next day. Okay. Did you catch the the duet that everyone's talking about? No. What? What, what, what about it? Bradley Gaga? Oh, yeah. Bradley and Gaga. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is everyone talking about it? Yes. Um, because of it? their intense chemistry on stage and oh. the fact that his girlfriend was like sitting right there in the front row and what does that all mean? She just broke up with her fiance. Is he going to ditch his girlfriend, who's the mother of his two-year-old daughter, to be He's like, it's all for the cameras, darling. Did he say that? No. All right. He didn't say that, but I'm sure that's what he must have said when he got home. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, like, found this Mashable post on Facebook, and it said, it just said, Bradley Cooper 100% sleeping on the sofa tonight. (laughs) It's funny. Yeah, I was disappointed to see that Glenn Close didn't win. Um, I thought the she wife. deserved it. For the wife, yeah. Um, I thought she deserved it, and I thought she was definitely favored to win that, and I feel like it was a little sad for her. Um, I Like Olivia Coleman, I didn't think that her performance necessarily merited the Best Actress Oscar. 
all I could see was like, oh my god, the f- um, what was the favorite? It kept coming up. I was like, is this a movie that I need to have seen? I don't know. I just never knew what to make of that trailer. It's a strange movie. It is uh, Th- that's very what dark. It seems also, like. mm. yeah, it's dark. It's got funny elements to it. It's kind of it's kind of twisted. I mean, it's a great cast. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I would I would see it if I were you. So if you watch the Oscars, you probably know that we had some a lot of um, book book to movie adaptions, I guess, that were honored. I mean, a lot of them were nominated because the wife was nominated. Mm-hmm. Can You Ever Forgive Me? That book was adapted from a memoir, Mary Queen of Scots. So... Uh, I think Ready Player One was probably was up for something obscure that I'm not going to remember. But if Beale Street could talk, Regina T- Regina King won Black Klansman, mm-hmm. uh, won Best Adopted Screenplay, Black Panther won. You know, a bunch of production and costume design awards. The First mm-hmm. Man is was uh, the Neil Armstrong story. Yep, that also won. Won visual effects. Yep. And uh, Spider-Man, it was, well, that was Into the Spider-Verse. It was based on a comic book. So that yep. one. So lots of stuff to check out there. If you, yep. if Peel Street could talk, the book is really good. And I saw Black Klansman. That was, that was good. Oh, that's the one I didn't get to before the Oscars. I think I would uh, be interested in checking out the Lee Israel book that um, Can You Ever Forgive Me is based on. That was a very good movie, and I would be intrigued to hear it from in her own words. So are you going to do it? Do you think you'll do it? I don't know. I just hadn't thought about it until right now, but I think I think that would be cool. I guess let's take a, a jump into our our regularly scheduled programming. And Gail, so what have you been reading? I finished the two books I said I was going to try to finish. So I finished um, The Ones We Choose, and I finished The Dinner List. So I'll wait till you're done with The Dinner List for us to have our book club discussion about it. And um, the, one you, the Ones You Choose, I think I've talked about that already on the show. It was good. And I'm now almost done with um, The Wartime Sisters, which is one of the books that I'm going to be talking to the authors about in a couple weeks. Uh, historical fiction taking place during World War II in Massachusetts. So I'm almost done with that. And I started a new audiobook called Tin Man, which is a book I've seen lots of reviews around. And uh, I'm about maybe 45 to 50 minutes in. Have you read that book? I haven't. It was on my list at Once Upon a Time. Okay. Its narrator has a very heavy uh, British accent, and it's a little bit hard to sometimes to understand what she's saying, but I think I'm getting most of it. And I don't have the print on this one, which, you know, is not my usual standard operating procedure. So I'm going flying a little bit blind on this one, but so far I like it. What's it about? Well, I believe that it's about, it's almost (laughs) like a love triangle. It's about two men and a woman who are friends. And I believe, and that this hasn't been explored yet. I think that when they were younger, the two the two men might have had more than just a friendship. But mm-hmm. then 
one of them ends up marrying this woman and then uh, the woman is dead. She was in a car accident. That's not a spoiler. And I think that the other man in the triangle is also dead. I don't know if it was the same car accident or what. That hasn't been revealed yet. But so the, the surviving one of the three is in deep grief for his wife and what he lost. And I'm, I'm just kind of getting to know him at this point and understanding his loneliness and how he and his wife ended up together. But I know that there's going to be this kind of third prong of the triangle. So that I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, Catherine at Gilmore Guide really loved this book. Uh, I've read a few other blogs that really like it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get further into it. That was interesting, a heavy British accent that you yeah. almost can't understand. Well, it's just a little hard on audio. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of getting used to her. Uh, what about you? I am reading a book that was on my list of um, books that I was excited to come out. It's called Talent by Juliet Lapidos. And it is one of those books that I said is sort of like my catnip. It is about a woman who's studying English um, or she's getting her PhD in English in a universe at a university. And she's sort of taking a long time to do it. You know, she talks about how it should take about five years to do your PhD, but you can probably stretch that to seven. And she's halfway through her seventh year. And she meets up with this woman who is the niece of a, like, a writer who has known, who's had some acclaim, and he died um, after publishing, I believe, just two collections of work. And she finds out from the niece that he was working on something when he died because I believe he published two collections early on and then um, he didn't publish anything else for 17 years and he died in a car crash. So she gets the heads up that that he had been working on something new and I think that inspires her creative juices, but she also gets like more involved with with the niece and I think that sort of you know, provides drama and, and, and things go awry. So um, I'm reading that right now. It's really short book. It'll probably be one of those that I end up finishing. Um, I started it this morning, so I might, <laughs> I, <laughs> I might start, <laughs> I may finish tonight. Gail, don't laugh. It's, it's not a laugh. It's a, it's mm. a, just, it's pure admiration. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's like 230 pages. It's, it's a little nice. snack. <laughs> Still. <laughs> <coughs> Ooh, I have a cough. So, yeah, that's it for me. Okay. Did you finish uh, Becoming? I finished Becoming. Okay. That's another one we can talk about soon. Yeah, it's another one. We are going to actually draw up a schedule so that people, if you do want to participate or, yeah, listen to a spoilery conversation that we usually put at the end of our podcast when we do our book club episodes, then you'll know when it's coming up. And, um, you know, if you're in our Facebook group, you can ask us any questions that you have that you want us to answer. You can usually find me on on Instagram if you want to answer, ask any questions, submit any questions. And I think Gail is like 
more active on Facebook. That's just kind of how we do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So a couple of vacation reads. I have a, this probably will not be a very long, it won't be a very long episode. I'm like coughing yeah. all over the place. So I want to okay. not cough too much in everyone's ears. <laughs> okay. All right. So I picked out a couple of books that I remember very clearly where I was when I read them. And I feel like the vacation or the setting or what was going on enhanced my enjoyment of the book. In some cases, it's because they matched, like the setting matched where I was, either coincidentally or shockingly planned by me. Um, Or I just, you know, it just seemed to fit well. So I have five books that I think that was a nice interplay between setting and, and book. So do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. So the first book is one of my favorite books. It came out a while ago. It's called city of thieves by David Benioff of game of Thrones fan fame. Um, and it is a book about that takes place during the siege of Leningrad. And I actually read this while I was in St. Petersburg. So it was very cool because I could sort of picture what it was like during the siege of Leningrad, even though the surroundings was were you know much more modern and it's not in the middle of World War II, but it felt um, it just was really meaningful. It's a wonderful book. So if you haven't read it, it's about these two guys who are tasked with finding and I think it's an egg or two eggs that their commanding officer can use for his daughter's wedding cake. And this is during a time when there's like no food and extreme deprivation going on. And so it's sort of a miss, an adventure thriller buddy film book. It's incredibly funny and witty, but also very sad in a lot of ways. It's just a, really, really beautifully written book. And I loved it. And so the fact that I read it while I was in Russia was just sort of perfect. And I was very happy with the confluence of those two things. So So was that planned for you to actually read it when you were in Russia? Or was that I think it was planned? Yeah, no, I think it was planned. I mean, it, it was a book that had gotten so much attention. And Once I knew I was going to be in St. Petersburg and I was coming up with my book list, I thought, you know, this might be a good time to, to pull it out. So it was, it was planned and it was like perfect. So if you, if you haven't read City of Thieves, I highly, highly recommend it. Oh, Mm. I think you'd really like it. It was one of those, one of the guys in that book, one of the two guys was like, it's very rare that I feel like I wish I could actually meet one of these characters in real life. And he's one of them. Like I wanted, I want him to be my friend. He was just very entertaining and, and interesting. And I really liked him. So that's a, that's a great book. I'm surprised that book has not been made into a movie, especially Mm. by the considering that the guy who wrote it is, you know, a producer of game of Thrones. Like you'd think he could make that happen. I wonder if that's purposeful. Maybe he didn't want to. Maybe, uh, maybe. he just wanted it to be that. Maybe or... it's interesting because he. What was he... the timing with this in Game with Game of Thrones? I think it's before. I think it, like well before. I guess he has Russian relatives in in his family history, and it's 
unclear as you're reading the book whether what you're reading is a true story or not. And then at the end of the book, he addresses that question of whether it's true or not. So I won't spoil that because I think that was actually something that was fun to discover at the end. So I don't know, maybe there's some personal thing about it, but I I would think that he would want to see this made into a movie because it kind of read like a screenplay. Mm. had that sensibility to it. All right. So a book that I found and read while I was on vacation, I believe I was in, gosh, I want to say I was in England, in London, is Trespass by Rose Tremaine. And this was a book that I had heard, you know, I had been hearing a lot about her work over the years and just had not got around to reading it. And it was one of those things I was, you know, browsing in a bookstore and and picked up a copy and I read it. Um, I don't know. I keep trying to think, trying to place whether I was in England or was I in France? But anyway, so it is set in the south of France. It's really atmospheric. I ended up, I loved her writing. I love this book. Um, It's one of those books that begins with something that happens in the beginning. You see this, this um, group of school children is on a trip and one of them gets separated of the group and she gives out this scream and then it takes you to a different place. So you're not sure how what has happened with the school children in the beginning of the book is connected to the events of the novel. It's one of those things that you discover, but it is about, well, it's about two sets of brother and brother and a sister. There's one who is an art dealer. His name is Anthony and his sister is in a, is in a relationship that he doesn't necessarily approve of. He has been a successful art dealer and then he decides to go and visit her. And while he visits her, her lover is also there. So there's tense interactions between them and they decide to go on a trip and they travel to, I guess, this beautiful but dilapidated like French chalet mansion type where a brother lives in the main estate and his sister lives on the grounds. So all of this is culminating in, 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 I guess what you would call a shocking set of events. And so it's really suspenseful. I loved all the characterizations. Um, it's beautiful setting. It's set on the South of France. So it's like, or the French countryside, I should say very atmospheric and very suspenseful. But if you're not a fan of darker characters, then I wouldn't recommend this book because, um, I don't know. It could be one of those books where you just don't like anyone. I don't have a problem with that. That's, it was a really good book, but just a warning. Hmm. Okay. So what else do you have? All right. So my next one is I was in, I can't remember exactly where I was, but I was definitely at the beach and I picked up The Vacationers by Emma Straub, which takes place at the beach. And I was pretty sure I was somewhere in the U.S. So I wasn't in some exotic location, but I was at a beach somewhere. And this is a book that takes place in Mallorca about a family who goes on vacation. The wife is angry at the husband because he's cheated on her and she found out. And she's trying to decide whether to stay with him or not. She brings her teenage daughter along and also their best gay couple friends and they're all in this lovely beach house in Mallorca surrounded by like 
olive tree groves and, <laughs> you know, gorgeous, sunny, sun-drenched Mediterranean surroundings. And yet inside the house, things are just deteriorating. And she's furious at her husband and the daughter's rebelling and the, the couple is not getting along. And so there's all kinds of stuff happening. So it's like the juxtaposition of this gorgeous setting with um, the, all this domestic unrest. And I was at the beach reading it, sort of sitting in the sun and imagining, you know, those surroundings. And it was definitely felt like I could picture what was happening. So if you're an Emma Straub fan, she of, uh, what was that book that we read that was set in Brooklyn? Modern Lovers. Modern Lovers. So this book came out before Modern Lovers. And, you know, she's very observant and very good at picking up on tensions in relationships and, uh, you know, kind of modern issues. And uh, I like that one. Did you read The Vacationers? I didn't read The Vacationers. It got such mixed reviews that I wasn't sure what to do with that. I've had it sitting on my shelf for quite a bit of time. I liked mm-hmm. Modern Lovers, and that's, I think, what has kept it hanging around. But mm-hmm. now you've given me such a good idea of it, I would like to read that. I read, and I think you read it too. You didn't like it as much as I did, but I think we both read The Lemon Grove, and this sort of reminds me of that. Maybe because it's set in Spain, like a family vacationing in Spain, it might have been Mallorca, the Lemon Grove, where this woman goes on vacation mm. with her husband. And is it her, I believe it's her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> you know, it's and so funny that you said that because it ends I up hooking up, up with the, you know, like, yeah, she has this moment. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I was re as I was reading about the vacationers, I was thinking, God, I think there's another book that has a similar fact pattern to this. And I couldn't think of what it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you have such a good memory and that you remembered it because I didn't remember this book at all. And I just looked it up and you're exactly right. It's a woman and her husband go to also to Mallorca one and somebody's stepdaughter comes and brings her boyfriend and yes, then the wife, the 40 something wife finds herself attracted to the boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in the end, I liked uh, the vacationers better, but they do have very similar setups. Uh, I mean, they're set in the same place, but I think, I think that you're right, that they're, they're very similar. Yeah. There's only so many plots, you guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> clearly only so many settings. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you want to hook up with your stepdaughter or your daughter's boyfriend, Mallorca <laughs> is the place to, to go. Because all bets are off in Mallorca. Morality goes out the window, clearly. Well, Nate's very lucky that, you know, he's six. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh so good, yes, the Lemon Grove. I read, I did read that, and I completely forgot. I wouldn't have even the name didn't even jog my memory. So <laughs> thank you. Okay, so the one. Oh, wait, is it my turn or your turn? Well, I, I think it's just you. went so. Oh, okay. Go. Oh, it's me. Okay, so I picked Labor Day by Joyce Maynard, ah. and uh, I read Labor Day at the end of the summer. 
um, the week before Labor Day weekend at the beach. And I remember reading that book. I remember like sitting uh, in the room. I can just picture that beach house where I was when I read this. I think I was in North Carolina. And it was just the exact time of year that the book was set. And um, this book was made into a movie, which I also saw. And I feel like my memories of the book have been somewhat supplanted by the movie. But it's about a very lonely woman who lives alone with her son. And she takes in one day a guy who is kind of a drifter. And he basically shows up at her house and... She takes him in. Am I thinking of the right book? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's Labor Day. She takes him in. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So he's. it turns out he's an escaped convict and he's on the lam. But because this woman is so susceptible and vulnerable to his attention, she kind of overlooks the fact that he may have this past. And she lets him stay in the house. And it's told through the perspective of this 13-year-old boy. And um, I'm a big Joyce Maynard fan. I love her writing. And I just remember this book being very compelling. And I liked it a lot. And remember just that hot August day, reading it and thinking about the hot August setting when this book happened. Did you see the movie? I think I did see the movie. And I'm blanking on who was in it. Kate um, Winslet, but... right? And Josh Brolin. Oh, yes. Yes. I, <laughs> I did see that. I think I did see that. All I remember them is that them and that pie scene. I think that that's what that book has been reduced to me. And I remember loving that book. What happened with the pie again? I think he makes a pie or they make a pie yeah, together. Yeah, he teaches her how to do it. Is he, is he teaching <laughs> the boy or is he teaching the mom? I don't know. I, I I think he's teaching her. I feel okay. like that scene gets a little sexy. I don't think the son's Yeah. There. Okay. <laughs> I don't and know. And actually, it's funny. The, the cover of the book has like a bowl of apples. Like it's probably yeah. an apple pie. Yeah. That was like a, um, a, a formative scene for them. Yeah. Yeah. I really am a big Joyce Maynard fan. And this one I really liked. I read it in 2012. So this is like seven years ago. But just when I was thinking about vacation reads, that just popped right to mind from seven years ago. So clearly some, something memorable about this book. Yeah. I remember really liking that. And liking Joyce Maynard a lot too. You had read her autobiography, right? Or no, her bi- I or one of her memoirs? No, no, I have it, but I haven't read it yet. The one about um her the death of her second husband. Right. Yeah, I have that book and I haven't read it. I you know, she I follow her on Facebook and she's written so much about it with like while he was dying and I sort of feel like I know a little bit of that story. Um, I would like to read the book just to hear it more completely in her own voice. But um, she she's really interesting to follow on Facebook. She's just very open. And she's had a really interesting background. And I think we've talked about this before. Is She's the one who, she adopted two girls. And then she ended up basically 
deciding it wasn't a good fit. Right. Yeah. And she's also the one who was involved with J.D. Salinger, right? As a young girl, young woman. Oh, I didn't know that about her. I think it was J.D. Salinger. So she's one of these writers that has, you know, they'll write books about her. (laughs) Yeah. Unless I'm getting confused, which is entirely possible. No, it is her. So she was this young woman, this very impressionable young woman, and she got involved with J.D. Salinger, who was, you know, of course, a reclusive author. And I feel like I just read a book that had that whole fact pattern in it, too. Well, I think you read Asymmetry, but that was more like Philip Roth and one of his his young ladies. Your memory of things happening in my life (laughs) is incredibly impressive. Yes. That is exactly right. It Only was, because uh, we discussed it on the show. I know. <laughs> still. So, yeah, the model, um, it was modeled, I think, after that relationship. The, the, the author-young woman relationship in asymmetry was modeled after Joyce Maynard and, and J.D. Salinger. But, yeah. So I would like to read that memoir, and I have it. The one that I really loved by her is Under the Influence, which I also read on vacation couple years ago and I love that book that was a very high point of my reading year so my next book is B.A. A BA Paris novel it's the one called Bring Me Back uh, I really like this book and I think I've read two books by her I read The Breakdown and you read Behind Closed Doors which I still haven't read but I read the breakdown, which I was not a fan of because I just thought it was just it was just it was just so simplistic for me. You know, like I knew what was going on that reading the book was just more of an irritation than it was illuminating or anything like that. And then mm-hmm. and the characters I felt were just so silly. But uh, bring me back. I really liked it was about a it's about this couple who goes I believe they're hiking also in France. I don't know. I have this thing with vacation books and them being set in France or something. So he goes to the restroom, I believe. And when he comes back to the car, she's missing. And 10 years later, he is engaged to her sister. So then like, like these weird occurrences start to happen. Like you're not sure of course, after such a long period of time, she's presumed to have been dead. But the police get involved and they start investigating. Things starts happening. So you wonder about this relationship. Like, what's the relationship he had with Layla? What's the relationship that he has with her sister, Ellen? And if he was responsible for her disappearance, you know, is he being haunted? Like, lots of things go through your mind Um, in trying to figure this out, but I thought it ended up being a really good psychological mystery with a twist, you know, a twist that I really wasn't expecting. And I think that's always such a good airplane read Mm -hmm. when you get that. I'm afraid of the (laughs) after behind closed door. (laughs) Oh, it was so stressful. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't give you an advice because I didn't find you stressful. It was like interesting and horrifying, but I it didn't stress me out, I don't think. You, I, I think there were moments where I felt very doors. tense. Yeah. 
I don't know. That sounds stress. I think I feel like domestic. Well, I don't know. You is domestic, so I can't say that. I almost want to say that there's something about like abusive relationships that stress me out. So I don't know if I could do behind closed doors. Yeah, it's why I didn't finish the Live Constantine book. Which was the Live Constantine book again? I don't. I can't think of the name. And she has another book coming out. Did I read it? And you did you? Oh, we must have known this at one point. Do you know it's like two sisters who write to each other? Oh yeah, the, the last the Mrs. last Parish. Mrs. Parish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I did. No, maybe I didn't. I remember that um, there was another book I read that I knew was two different people because they took one, each contributed one of their names to it, like a first name and a last name. That's right. Um, so you never finished the last Mrs. Parrish. Mm-mm. Interesting. Yeah, I knew where it was going. I suppose. Yeah, I think this reminded me of Behind Closed Doors, so you might want to stay away, stay clear of that one. All right, well, so my next one is uh, a book I read last summer on vacation, The Book of Essie. I don't know we've talked about it relatively recently on the show, but I thought that was a great vacation read because it was super involving. Like, you wanted to know how it was going to resolve. It's about a, a girl growing up in a evangelical family who's uh, the basis of a reality show, and she finds herself pregnant in the beginning of the book. So that's not a spoiler. But the question, of course, is how is she going to get out of this situation? She obviously can't go on TV and say, I'm pregnant. Um, it, she is afraid to tell her mother, who is the kind of um, puppeteer behind this whole media empire they have. And she also wants to escape from her family. So the question is, how can she use this pregnancy to her advantage where she can manipulate the situation so that she negotiates an escape that still saves her her name and it's you know she seems so trapped in the beginning and then as you watch her try to work this out it's just very compelling and you want to turn those pages as fast as possible which I think is great on a vacation so you can just get completely immersed in something and where you have more time to indulge a page turner and see where it takes you. So I remember reading the, getting up early and reading this, sort of sitting by the pool before everyone else was up and just trying to knock this one out. And I, it, it still, like when I thought back on my vacation reading from last summer, this is the one that stood out to me. So a book that I felt like that about was The Passenger by Lisa Lutz. It starts out with a woman, her husband is at the bottom of the stairs, so we kind of suspect that they're that she is responsible for this and that you know this relationship was an abusive one. So she ends up on the run, she changes her name, she makes a mysterious phone call, is able to get some money, and she meets this other woman whose name is Blue, who takes one look at her, kind of knows what her situation is, and it seems like she is making her an offer of help. And then they both get intertwined with each other. This The original woman, her name at one point is Amelia, but she keeps changing her name. Like once, 
you know, her name is something in the house, but then after her husband ends up dead and she's on the run, she's changed it to something else. And when she meets Blue, I think she's Amelia. And then once she and Blue start to travel and to to help each other, seemingly um, her name is something else. So this is a woman who's gone through a bunch of identity swaps. She becomes, you know, she is trying to live off the grid. So you know that there's something in her past that um, she would like to outrun. She would like to think that she can trust this new woman that she's met, but we don't know if she can. And it is just amazingly suspenseful and well done and and just turned out to be a really good book like I just really enjoyed it sat on the beach in the sun I think I was in Naples Florida and (laughs) you know just sipped on my cocktail under my umbrella and turned these pages nice (laughs) that's sort of the point of this is like you know the books that just depict vacation for us right I also read, I remember, like, Girls Burn Brighter on Vacation, which was such a heavy book, and it was so disconcerting to be reading about, like, the lives of, you know, or these horrors that are happening to these two young teenagers in India. Now, do you think that, And um, it, it was just so surreal. So do you think that the subject matter... Uh, affects the success of the book on vacation? I don't know. I mean, part of me, I think I can read something anywhere. It's not like Girls Burn Brighter was not engrossing and like I wanted to know what was going to happen next in that story. It was just such, I think it was just jarring to look up, you know, to look up from the pages where I'm reading about these girls' lives and they're so harrowing and to look up and it's just like, oh, you know, the beach and Florida and, you know, it's just weird. Yeah. Cause it's a completely, com- just, just like a completely different world. And not that it, that that's always going to be a completely different world, but I guess it was just so removed to from everyday life, like an everyday life experience, you know, cause you're not usually just, you know, well, I'm not usually just chilling on the beach every day, sipping cocktails. Right. So I think it was just more jarring to me to read that there than it would have been in New York when I'm just sort of more used to, you know, the everyday and, you know, you hear awful news anyway or whatever. So I think on vacation, depending on what kind of vacation you're going on, if you're isolated from that, it can be jarring. Another book that I read, I read, um, it's a Vietnamese author who has just written two books I think it, I want to call it, say it was The Communist. No, it's a red book and I can't think of the name. Viet Tan, I think is his name. Oh yeah, Viet Tan Nguyen. And his book was, oh yes, The Sympathizer, which was like about oh, yeah. Vietnam. And I read that when I was in Bangkok, but Bangkok is like a big city. Some of it can be sort of gritty. You know, you see there's lots of stuff happening on the streets. So it wasn't as jarring. I mean, I did read it in my at my lovely five-star hotel by the pool. <laughs> but, like, during the day, I was just more, um, I guess, interacting with different elements of a city than when I was in Naples. Like, Naples, you're just – it's just, like, 
it's the beach. It's, you know, very expensive shopping centers. It's very nice houses. It's like you're not going to see any grit in Naples. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I do think, though, there's something about like a good... I mean, with the sympathizer, I was doing a lot of thinking with girls. Sympathizer did a lot of thinking and wasn't it? Girls Burn Brighter. It's a different kind of thinking. But I do think that the, that there's something about being on the beach and just being in something that is suspenseful and engrossing. And, you know, it's not like women being trafficked. That's satisfying. Mm-hmm. The last book that I had was a book that I read in 2011. But again, I remember exactly where I was when I read it, and I remember the book really well. And it's called Girls in White Dresses by Jennifer Close. Did you ever read this one? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I read her later book. Okay. So Girls in White Dresses follows a group of college friends through kind of the rites of passage of the 20s and 30s. So jobs, boyfriends, weddings, breakups, showers, and babies, things like that. And the chapters are very uh, uh, episodic. Well, I, I don't know if that's the right word. They, it's almost like short stories because lots of time passes between them and it's not like a, a totally linear, complete to- telling of them. But I remember at the time that I read this, I was actually sitting on a ferry boat. It was in June and I was coming from, I think, Delaware back to the Eastern Shore or one, I was headed in one direction or the other. And I remember sitting on this breezy, relaxed ferry ride in the beautiful sunshine, reading this book, this kind of gossamer book about periods of life and this group of girls. And I just, it was like the perfect time to read it. You know, I had my sunglasses on and sun beating down on me. And I just felt like this is the perfect book to be reading right now. And it wasn't you know, it wasn't, it wasn't hard to follow because again, it just kind of picked up and moved through quickly. And it just felt like this is the quintessential summer read. So I just will always remember exactly where I was when I read that one. Hmm. This was, yeah, 2011. So it's been like eight years since I read it. (laughs) So that is my list. That's my list too. Okay. Um, We each found a couple of books that we think will make good vacation reads in the future. And for me, they're both kind of escapey books. Um, The first one is a new book coming out by Jean Kwok. She's the author of A Girl in Translation and Mambo in Chinatown. And this new book is about two sisters who, I think they immigrate to the United States. I don't know the entire story, but she writes a lot of books about cultural identity and, you know, um, people who weren't born in the United States, but move here and a lot of the stress and issues that they face here. So I am really looking forward to this. It's called Sylvie Lee. I'm getting full title right here because I forgot to write down the whole name because it's Sylvie Lee something. Have you read any of hers? I read Mambo in Chinatown. Okay. I really like her books. Yeah. And I think you read Girl both of them, you said? Yeah, and I think Girl in Translation was even better. Mm. Searching for Sylvie Lee. And she and I are Facebook friends, so I've been kind of tracing the the birth of this book over the last couple of years. And she so follows it opens, us on Instagram. 
Oh, good. Yeah. She, she and I are interact a fair amount. It says a poignant and suspenseful drama that untangles the complicated ties binding three women, two sisters and their mother in one Chinese immigrant family and explores what happens when the eldest daughter disappears. So it definitely has like a thriller element to it. Um, in fact, it's blurred here by Paula Hawkins, which seems like a good fit. And uh, That's kind of new for her. Yeah, right. The other two definitely don't have that. So I think this would make a great vacation read. And this book is coming out really soon. I think it's this month. Oh, no, sorry. June 4th. Perfect. So it's perfect for <laughs> summer months. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'll save this one for some time when I can really immerse myself in it. This book is pretty light, um, that I'm going to talk about the editor by Stephen Rowley, but it has, it has a cute story. It has a cute storyline, but it has a little bit more heft to it as well. Um, as I was sort of, um, previewing it because I was like I don't know if I want to read this but it's about this man who's trying to make it as a writer it's set in 1990s New York so he submits his book to a publishing house and when he goes to meet with who his would-be editor um he goes to meet with his would-be editor and it turns out that it's Jacqueline Onassis so she really loves his manuscript which is sort of like an exploration of the relationship with his mother and, of course, he meets her, and he's completely starstruck, but, you know, he decides to work with her, so it's about their working relationship, and he has some issues with his mother and just, like, his place in life at the time. So it's, you know, it's getting to see Jacqueline Onassis in a role that a lot of us are would not even think of her as. You know, you're, she's the widow of, a, you know, a very famous president and then, like, the wealthiest man on earth at the time. So to see her in this role where she is just interacting with people working working in an edit- as an editor, which she did, is really interesting. This is fiction? Not, I mean, this, nonfiction? This is fiction. Oh, it's fiction. Yeah. But okay. she did, I mean, of course she did do that, and there's, there are nonfiction books about that as well. This has some sort of dinner list element to it also then. (laughs) Yeah, you know, at first I was thinking, I don't think I, I think this might be too light for me, but I read like two or three chapters of it just to see, and there, there is some, you know, like some deeper, some depth there. So I'm looking forward to reading that. And I think that'll be a good vacation read. All right. So my last recommendation for vacations, and this comes out May 24th. Oh, no, it came out, sorry, it came out a few years ago on May 24th. So this one is out already. Maybe it's that it's newly coming out in paperback or something. Okay, it's called People Who Knew Me by Kim Hooper. And this one is in my um, TBR list on Goodreads. And it's about a woman who is married, but she has an affair and gets pregnant. And decides that she's going to um, tell her husband about it. And then 9-11 happens. And she disappears. And moves to California and reinvents herself as an entirely different person to raise her daughter. And I don't know. There's something intriguing about that setup there. And I could see this being a uh, a good vacation read. It sounds like something that you could kind of immerse yourself in. 
And people who have reviewed it said they couldn't put it down. Have you heard of this one at all? Mm-mm. Must have read about this on someone's blog because it's not a new release like I thought it was. But it is, it just looks like it would be like an intriguing story to read about this woman reinventing herself, you know, and sort of thinking about that while 9-11 is unfolding and recognizing that as an opportunity to escape. Right. So my last book is called The Lost History of Dreams by Chris Walder. Um, it's billed as like a gothic, gothic old house romance, sort of like Wuthering Heights or The Thirteenth Tale by Diane Setterfeld. I guess one of the taglines is all love stories are ghost stories in disguise. And it's about this mm. poet or a Byron-esque poet who is found dead and his his cousin is put is supposed to bury him in this specific chapel, but his niece will not let he, the, this chapel be opened. Um, she wants she refuses to allow him to be buried until she is allowed to tell the story of um, his his ill fated marriage. And I guess it takes like five nights to tell the story. So we have his life unfolding, you know. Be- his niece is involved before he can be buried and it's supposed to be like sort of a gothic atmospheric gothic romance mystery hmm. uh, mystery and it says about love and loss that blurs the line between the past and the present truth and fiction and ultimately life and death that does sound vacationy mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to stay in a haunted house or anything though <laughs> nowhere that looked creepy no, you need to be reading that like when you're staying with a friend somewhere or something where you're very confident with your surroundings. Right. Nice. All right. Well, we would love to hear your vacation reads. So if you want to send them in, you can uh, leave them in a comment in the Readerly Report Readers Facebook group or just shoot us an email. We'd love to hear about what you've been reading on your vacations this year and if you recommend them for other people too. And while you're at it, please rate the podcast, our our regular plea. (laughs) So, Nicole, until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks.